Welcome to the Lake Point Church Weekend Messages Podcast. Thanks for joining us to hear the latest sermons happening at our church. We pray that God speaks to you in a timely way through this message. And if you're encouraged by this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it to help get the word out. You can find more digital content to feed your faith and our other podcasts by visiting lakepoint.church/digital. Now, let's tune into the message for today. The voice of God Almighty, it's the voice of God's love. And I believe that there are voices sounding throughout the world. There are voices, not always heard certainly, because there are other voices that are louder. We never can find rest till we find it in God. I want you to hear this voice calling you back. All right, all right, all right. Well, hey, uh, <laughs> hey, if you're joining in with us online, I've got a few hundred of our leaders here at the Rockwall campus. We are gearing up because, guys, we coming home next week. It is happening right now. We can't wait to see you at all of our locations. And, uh, hey, we really are. We are just so excited about that time. Now, I do want to say this. Um, we have thousands, actually, actually potentially tens of thousands, of people who have never been exposed to Lake Point. They kind of got in touch with us through Church Online in the last few months. So Lake Point family, both here at the Rockwall campus and you guys joining in with us online, we need your help spreading word that Lake Point Church is coming home next week. So listen, I need two things from everybody that's joining in, all right? Number one, um, if you got to visit one of our campuses last week and grab one of the I Love My Church t-shirts, which look awesome, by the way, uh, if you can, all of us, what we're gonna do is this week leading up to regathering, we're gonna be wearing those all around all the cities where all of our locations are, um, just as conversation starters to help people know, hey, Lake Point Church is coming home, so help us spread word in that way. Now, also, number two, um, as soon as services this weekend end, so at noon on Sunday, as soon as the service ends, on all of our social media channels, we've got an invite to Lake Point's coming home services. Now, here's what we need from you. We need you to share that on your channels with everyone that you possibly can to get word out again that Lake Point Church is coming home. So if you could do those two things, that would help us tremendously. I just wanna go ahead and, uh, and just go, go ahead and kind of get, get out ahead of this. When we all gather next week, I won't be shaking anybody's hand, not because of COVID, but because all of you were out of toilet paper a few months ago. And so I was just gonna, just want you to know that that's happening. All right, well, if you got your Bibles, head over to uh, 1 John chapter four. And where we are is we're in the second to last week of a series that we've just been calling Tuning In. Tuning In. And here's a concept of this series. It kind of goes like this. If I had a radio with me right here on this table, um, I could show you that there's actually many voices that are they're, they're kind of like floating through this room right now as I'm speaking. Um, but the reason we can't hear those voices is because we're not tuned in to the frequency at which they're broadcasting. Now listen, um, it's the exact same thing with our lives. Guys, God is not a concept. God is a person. And he wants to have a personal relationship with you where he speaks to you. Throughout your life, he's speaking to you. And listen, if we're not hearing from him, the problem is not that he has a speaking problem. The problem is that we have a listening problem. And the entire purpose of this series is to answer the question, man, how do I tune in to hear God's voice and according to the words of the New Testament, to walk by the Spirit? All right, now that's where I this week. Now, 
Let's talk about demons. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Now, uh, leading up to, uh, into this message, um, this week in uh, preparation for the message, I, I came across a story in a book called Under the Banner of Heaven, written by a guy named John Krakauer. And the book is, uh, it's written about the beginnings of Mormonism and particularly kind of fundamental Mormonism and its violent past. And it was interesting in this book, it tells the story of a murder in the 1980s of a woman named Brenda Lafferty and her infant child by her two brothers-in-law, Dan and Ron. Now these two guys, what they claimed was that they heard the audible voice of God telling them to murder their sister-in-law and her infant daughter. And they not only heard a voice telling them to do it, this voice very specifically told them how to do it. And it's really bloody, it's really violent, it's really gross, I'm not going into that. What was really interesting about this story is that those two men ended up sentenced to death in a court in Utah because it was ruled that they were not remotely insane. Uh, psychologists found no hint of psychosis whatsoever in either of the men. They were deemed to be mentally stable, fully aware of sound mind, intelligent thinking men, who by the way, to this day, nearly 40 years later, both independently claim that they heard the voice of God telling them to kill these people and how to do it. Now, I just wanna be honest with you. Personally, I don't doubt that they heard a voice speaking to them to tell them to do this. Do you know why? Because the Bible says that we are to listen to the Holy Spirit, but, we are, but that we are not to listen to every spirit because there is the Holy Spirit and then there are other spirits that the Bible says will be at work in this world, this fallen world that is at war right now to lead and confuse us to do things that are contrary to the nature of God. Now, if we're gonna talk about what it means to hear from the Spirit and to be led by the Spirit, we simply have to be honest and aware of what the Bible says about the reality of these things that are at play in the world. So if you got your Bibles, open up with me to 1 John chapter four, and uh, let's read this verse together, and we'll just kind of work our way through it. This is 1 John 4, 1. It says this. It says, dear friends, watch this. Do not believe every spirit. Don't do that. In other words, there are gonna be different types of spirits that seek to give us impressions, maybe thoughts, maybe leadings, maybe promptings, but here's what we're supposed to do instead. Test the spirits. Don't automatically accept everything that feels like it's spiritual. Test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, here's what we gotta do in the next few minutes. I just wanna be very straightforward with you. Uh, because the Bible talks about demons, we need to talk about demons because I believe it takes the whole Bible to make a whole Christian, and the Bible talks about these things. So we need to talk about the reality that this verse alludes to of the fact that there are evil spirits at work in this world and what we are supposed to do about that reality, okay? Now, as soon as I start talking about this, um, there is a, one of my favorite authors, an old, dead British guy named C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis says about the reality of demons, he says this. He says, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. So here's what I know. Some of you guys right now, you're like, all right, man, I've been waiting for this sermon for years. Let's do this. And some of you are like, man, this church is just getting weird. 
It's like the last two weeks, he's, this guy's weird, everything about this is weird, I don't know what's going on. So let me just acknowledge something really quick in the room. When we talk about the reality of Satan and demons, evil spirits, um, there's two types of people. There is the person who's the person that's like, man, they see a demon in everything. It's like, this is the person, you know, you, it's Monday, and you're like, hey man, how's your day? And they're like, oh man, I'm just under attack. Oh man, tell, you know, tell me what's going on. Well, I ordered a double shot white mocha at uh, Starbucks. They only gave me a single shot. The devil's really been oppressing me today. You know, it's like, no man, that's not a violent devil. That's a forgetful barista. That's all that is, man. Or the, the, it's the same person. It's like, man, you know, ran out of gas on the way here. Chevron demon, you know, that kind of thing. Or uh, there's too many Oklahoma fans in an area. Territorial spirit, you know, whatever it, whatever it is. So there's, there's a kind of person who it's like, they just have an obsession with the reality of the devil and demons, they see a demon under everything. But I'll be honest, that's not the primary thing, the primary issue that we deal with like in our culture. On the other hand, there's the person who sees the reality of the spiritual warfare in absolutely nothing. Uh, And here's what kind of the attitude that you might have if this is you. You might have this mentality that man, in Bible times, they were primitive and uneducated. It was kind of pre-scientific. But now I've gone to community college and I'm smarter than the people that wrote the Bible. That's kind of that mentality. Now, let me just kind of deal with this really quick. And I just want to track, like track with me. I just want to do some logic really quick, okay? 95% of the entire world, 95% of the world believes in God or some form of God's personal, supernatural being of good. Now, let me just ask this question. If it's logical to believe in a personal, supernatural being of good, why is it illogical to believe in beings of personal, supernatural spirits of evil? It's not, it's not illogical at all. In fact, the Bible brings us to a point where we simply must believe this. Now, when it comes to talking about the reality of evil spirits, Satan, and demons, there's a big idea that I really need to drive home, and here's the big idea. It's the concept that all throughout the Bible, God creates and Satan counterfeits. That is always what's happening. In fact, if you read your Bible through this lens, you'll see it everywhere. God creates, Satan counterfeits. So in other words, Satan is the counterfeit of God. The kingdom of this world is the counterfeit of the kingdom of God. True Christianity was created by God, and then many false religions were counterfeited by the devil. And then when it comes to this conversation, God gives us the Holy Spirit who speaks life and joy, power and peace to us. And then the devil counterfeits with unholy spirits who create confusion, chaos, death, and darkness. And they're seeking to do that every second of our lives. Now, what the Bible teaches is that the primary way, the primary way that they seek to do this is by speaking lies. Now, listen, in the next couple, two, three minutes of this message, I'm going to speak to you in a very straightforward way. It's going to be super un-PC. But I just need to open my Bible and speak to you in a straightforward way about the reality of these things and how they play themselves out in the world. What the Bible says is that the Bible calls the devil the father of lies. That's in John chapter eight. He is the father of lies, which means that any lie that you have ever heard or believed that has destroyed your life, destroyed a culture, destroyed a system, that lie, its ultimate father is the devil. Some of you, here's your story, is you believed a lie. You went to counseling and in some very deep counseling or therapy, you may have identified a lie that you believed that has destroyed your life, brought shame into your life. And listen, what you came to believe was that you'd say, man, that lie came from my dad. Listen, that lie may have come through your parents, but it came from the devil because he's the father of every single lie. 
Listen, the Bible says that, 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 that the devil is the father of every lie. In Matthew 24, the Bible says that at the end of times, in, in the last days, that the devil and demons will actually empower false religious teachers to perform counterfeit miracles and signs. Real miracles that are demonically empowered. In that day, maybe this is now, some people will look at some of those miracles and they say, man, are they real? Yes, they are real. They're really demonic. In 1 Timothy chapter four, it calls all the false religions in the world, quote, the teaching of demons. And in 1 Corinthians chapter four, the Bible says that the devil, quote, masquerades as an angel of light. Man, it is no coincidence, by the way, that two major religions in the world today both teach that their founders received revelation from an angel that taught them something different than the true gospel we get in Christianity. In Islam, what they believe is that the angel Gabriel revealed the Quran to Muhammad, an angel. In Mormonism, what they believe is that an angel named Moroni revealed the Book of Mormon to Joseph Smith, who passed it down. To this day, atop every single Mormon temple, there is a golden statue of the angel Moroni because those angels, those, uh, that religion, those temples are literally under demonic authority. And the Bible says that. Why does that happen? Because the devil masquerades as an angel of light, which is why, by the way, in Galatians 1.8, Paul says this. He says, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one that we preach to you, let him be accursed. Even if you see an angel physically that teaches you something than the life-giving message of salvation in Jesus, don't believe that. Because there's not just a Holy Spirit speaking life in this world, there's the reality of unholy spirits that are here to create confusion and chaos by sowing lies in the world. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, I'll give you another example of this. God tells his people that they're supposed to stay away from anything that might bring them in contact with another spirit realm. I'm gonna read it to you. This is Deuteronomy 18. When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who, now listen, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or a spiritist, or who consults the dead. Now, do you know why the Bible is forbidding any type of engagement that would bring us into a spirit realm through these, these strange ways? Here's why. Because in those moments, those people are not interacting with the spirits of the dead. They're interacting with demonic spirits. So in our culture, this, guys, this, it means very practical things. It means like, man, things like Ouija boards, fortune tellers, tarot cards, horoscopes. Guys, don't read your horoscope. Don't read your horoscope. You wanna know what your future is? That's your future. This is your future right here. This tells us our future. Every tear wiped away from every eye. Jesus atop the throne. That's your future. So listen, all of these things are the work of the devil and demons that are here to sow lies in our culture to get us to stray away from the true voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you hear all this and like, man, this is really, it might be offensive or it may be difficult for you because here's kind of your mode of operation in your life. You may go, man, Josh, like I'm just a spiritual person. I'm open to anything that's spiritual. I wanna be really honest with you. That's exactly what the devil wants. He, that's exactly what he wants, for you to be open to all the spirits so that you'll accept and be open to the torment of evil spirits that the Bible calls demons. Now listen, because there's not just the Holy Spirit, but there's also unholy spirits that are seeking to create division, what are we gonna do? 
Like what do we as Christ followers, when we believe that we're being spiritually spoken to or led by the Spirit, what are we supposed to do to make sure that the voice that we're hearing from is actually the voice of God? Let me put this in a super practical way. When we get a leading, like a prompting, it might be a thought, it might be an impression that comes to mind, how do we know that it's from God or it's wishful thinking, or it's the verse of your mother from your childhood, or it's the demonic, or it's guilt or shame. How do we know that that voice is from God and not a voice from the devil leading us astray? Well, this passage, it actually tells us exactly how to know that. Look at what it says in 1 John 4, 1 again. It says, dear friends, don't believe every spirit. In other words, if something comes into our minds that we're like, ah, I think this is spiritual, a spiritual leading, we are not to automatically believe every single one of those promptings and things that come to our mind. Well, here's what we are supposed to do. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to take this passage and give you three very straightforward tests so that any time that we get the sense that we get a prompting, a leading, something that feels spiritual, we can use these tests to know, is this the Holy Spirit or is this unholy spirits? Okay, here they are. Let me run through them very quickly. Okay, number one, the most important is it's the scripture test. In the scripture test, we ask the question, man, does this agree with the Bible? Uh, years ago, um, there was a guy at a church that I was pastoring who he was convinced in a community group, a life group he was in, um, he was convinced that God had told him to divorce his wife and to have an affair. And uh, he was very convinced that this was a leading from God. Now, here was his logic. I, I want you to think about this. And then when I tell this story, I want you to figure out how would you have responded if this came up in your life group, okay? Here's his logic. God is love. And because God's love, God wants us to be happy. And I'm not happy in the relationship with my wife, but I'm happy when I'm with the other woman. Now, what would you have said? Now, here's what we should have said. We should say something like, how about Malachi 2.16? The man who hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect. Or you could say Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Guys, in a very straightforward way, we are supposed to weigh any words that are claimed to be from the Spirit of God by the Word of God, because the Spirit of God is the author of the Word of God, and the Spirit of God will never contradict himself. I just want to be very straightforward, and I want to reiterate this from last week. I want to be very straightforward that if you ever hear someone else claiming to speak for God, or if there's a voice in your head or your heart that tells you to do something unethical, to sleep together with your boyfriend or girlfriend before marriage because you're married in your hearts, to engage in perverse or violent acts, to submit to abuse or to harm yourself, you should outright reject any possibility of those being leadings from God because they directly contradict the life-giving words of the word of God. Because for some of you, you have been in a position before where somebody told you to submit to physical or sexual abuse and what they said was that God said that relationship was okay because they were God's authority or, or that, uh, that that voice had come from God. But guys, listen to me. If they said that to you, that wasn't Jesus. That was the devil dressed up in Jesus' clothes because God will never contradict what he has said in his word. If any claimed words from God don't line up with the Bible, 
we reject them because the spirit of God authored the word of God and God will never contradict himself. Okay, so number one, we go to the scripture test. Does it line up with the Bible? Now number two, we go to the wisdom test. Okay, wisdom test. Here's the question. Does godly counsel agree with what I think I'm being led to do? That's a very straightforward question. Two verses I wanna give you. Here's, here's how you might say this. What are other good Christians saying about this leading? Uh, two verses for you, Proverbs 12, 15. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Proverbs 24, six. Surely you need guidance to wage war, and victory is won through many advisors. Now, let me, let me give an example of this, uh, of a, a, a potential quote-unquote leading that doesn't pass the wisdom test. And this is one, I'll be really honest, as a pastor, I've heard more times than I would care to admit. It's something that goes like this, where somebody says, man, God told me that I need to quit my job uh, while the person doesn't have another source of income. And then they make a decision like that, and then they kind of slap a Bible verse or a spiritual thought on it, and they're like, oh, it's okay, because God will never let me down. You're right, God will never let you down, and he didn't let you down by giving you a brain to help you understand that it's really dumb to quit a job while you don't have another source of income. See, it doesn't pass the wisdom test. What do we see in the Bible? Don't do something foolish and call it faith. Don't do that. So test number two, does it pass the wisdom test? Okay, now number three, and this is the one that this passage really lands on. Anytime that we think there's a leading that might be from the Spirit, we need to ask this question. Does it pass the Jesus test? Does it pass the Jesus test? Now, watch what this passage says because it kind of plays this out, okay? So 1 John 4, 2. So this is how, he's going, here, I'm gonna let you know. Here's how you can know if a teacher or a leading is from God. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. In other words, a lot of people think of the Antichrist as a, as a, a figure that's gonna come in the future at the end of time, and that's true. But the Bible's saying that there's a spirit, an evil spirit, that's the spirit of Antichrist that's been manifesting himself throughout the world, all throughout history, waging war against Jesus. How do you know if a teacher or a type of teaching or a leading is actually from God? Here's how you know. Is what the person says about Jesus true, and does it sound like Jesus? Is what the person says about Jesus true, and then also, does it sound like Jesus? Now, number one, you just need to know this. When it comes to our doctrine, if there's a false teacher or a religion that's claiming a way of salvation, we just need to go to the Bible and go, man, are they teaching that Jesus Christ was God come in the flesh, crucified, buried, and risen for my sins? If they're teaching that, okay, cool, great, check. Passes the doctrine test. Is what they're saying true about Jesus? But watch this, number two. You also gotta ask the question, is this leading, maybe a voice, a prompting, is something that's come to you, does it sound like Jesus? Um, years ago, I had a, uh, I'm gonna keep the, uh, the details of this story intentionally vague and you'll see why. 
Um, I had a, an acquaintance that uh, I was at a vulnerable season in my life. I was a brand new pastor and I felt really, really lonely during the season. And, uh, and you guys know how there's kind of these things in your head that are kind of going through your heart and your head, things you think and feel that you feel crazy just thinking them. And then they're the kind of things you're like, I'm never saying that out loud to anybody. Well, in this relationship, uh, this guy, he kind of, he kind of convinced me that all of those things I always needed to say out loud to him. And so all the crazy, weird stuff that goes on in your head, I just started, anytime it would come to me, I would just kind of word vomit on this guy. And over time, our relationship, it took this a very, very weird turn until eventually he just kept reiterating to me over and over again, man, Josh, you're sick. You're sick. You're sick. You're sick, over and over again, you're sick. Until eventually, after long enough, I really started to believe that about myself. To the point that early in my ministry, I was really thinking about walking away from ministry altogether. And by the grace of God, I sat down with an older seasoned pastor and I just, honestly, I word vomited all of that. I was just very honest about everything that had happened, everything that he was saying. And when I started telling him what this guy kept saying to me, you're sick, you're sick, you're sick. In the middle of his office, this older, dignified, calm pastor, he, he clapped his hands right in my face and he said, Josh, does that sound like Jesus to you? And all of a sudden I knew I didn't pass the Jesus test because my Christ would never say that to me. He would never tell me that I was sick. In fact, what he would say to me is that he would die for me. He would never say it to me. So you've got to be able to, the Bible says in John chapter 10, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me because they know my voice. You've got to know the voice of Jesus in such a way that you can apply the Jesus test. Does this sound like Jesus? Now, when it comes to this, listen, you've got to be able to distinguish between three things. They're subtle, but it's a very profound difference. You've got to be able to distinguish between guilt, condemnation, and conviction. This is critical for every Christian, guilt, condemnation, and conviction. Uh, Here's what guilt is. Guilt is external, and it's from people. Guilt uh, Guilt is when you haven't called your grandma in a little while, and she leaves the voicemail, and, and the voicemail says, Man, sure would like to hear from my grandson, feeling a little lonely. That's guilt. Guilt is external, and it's from people. Now, here's what condemnation is. Condemnation is a builder's term, meaning unfit for use. And condemnation, it's internal, and it's from the devil. Now, here's what the devil always wants to do in your life. You gotta know this. What the devil, what Satan and demons always wanna do in your life is they wanna take what you did and convince you that it's who you are. So this voice of condemnation that's internal, that's from unholy spirits, here's what it sounds like. The voice of condemnation, it doesn't point the finger at what you did, it points the finger at you and it says, you're sick, you're twisted, you're irredeemable. It'll always be this way because of who you are. That's the voice of condemnation. Now here's what conviction is. Conviction, it's internal, But it's not from unholy spirits, it's from the Holy Spirit who loves you. And it's a loving, gentle voice. And in the voice of conviction, the finger's not pointing at you, the finger's pointing at what you did. And it's saying, here's what it's saying. It's saying, Josh, that's not who you are. That's not who you are. You're a child of the living God. 
You are pure, you are worthy, you are precious in my sight. You don't have to do what you used to do because in Christ you're not who you used to be. It's the voice of the Holy Spirit pointing at what you did and saying that's not who you are. And you've got to learn to distinguish between those voices, guilt, condemnation, and conviction. Because Satan and demons, unholy spirits, will be at work in your life to confuse those voices, cause confusion, and lead you down a path where you think that the voice of unholy spirits is actually the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now listen, some of you guys, when you hear all this, honestly, it it might honestly be a little overwhelming. (laughs) You hear this and you're just like, man, I just feel so enslaved, so beat down when you say unfit for use. Like that, that, that's what I hear about myself. Listen, this is, this is what the end of the passage says. It's 1 John 4, 4. It says, you, dear children, are from God, and you, <laughs> you have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. <laughs> now, now listen, I want you to see this. There's another place where the Bible says almost the exact same thing in a different way. This is Philippians chapter two. It says this about Jesus, it says, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, watch this, even death on a cross. You could say it like this, the devil's voice will always sound like this, you should die for what you've done. And the voice of Jesus will always sound like this, I will die for what you've done. That's the difference, even death on a cross. Therefore, because he died on a cross, God exalted him to the highest place and he gave him the name that is above every name, watch this, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, now watch this, and under the earth. When the Bible says in Philippians 2, and under the earth, it's specifically talking about the devil and demons, that at the name of Jesus, even the demons are gonna bow at that name because his is the name that is above every name. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now that is what's true for you. Now listen, and if you can clap, you gotta commit. If you can clap, you gotta commit. Um, That passage says that Jesus has been given the name that's above every name. Um, At my house sometimes, uh, when dinner's ready, um, maybe uh, Eliana or Felicity's down in our kitchen, and I'll I'll tell Eliana, hey, go upstairs and tell, I got three kids. Eliana, go upstairs, and can you tell Felicity and Hudson that dinner's ready? And sometimes Eliana will run upstairs and she'll say, hey, dinner's ready. And they'll just ignore her because they're playing, okay? And she'll come back down and say, oh, they, they didn't come. Oh, they didn't come. And then I'll say, oh, tell them that dad said that dinner's ready, okay? And she'll run back upstairs. Dad said dinner's ready. And I hear, bah, 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 yeah. Do you know why? Because in the Howerton house, there is a name that is above every name. That's my name. Now, now listen, in this house, Lake Point Church, there is a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We've been given an authority. There's a power that God has given to us and placed in us so that we have a power over every unholy spirit who would seek to deceive or destroy in our lives by the power of Jesus we have that name. Now now listen, some of you, you hear that, and you may hear that and you go, man, Josh, 
all that sounds awesome, that man, you know, there's a power that can set me free from those things. But you might be going, yeah, but that could never happen to me. Um, because I, I don't have the willpower of all these, these nice church people. You know, all these church people with their cute little families and their cute little outfits and they're posting Instagram stories, their family watching church together at church on. I don't have the willpower of all these people. Can I just, can I just be really honest with you? I know some things about these people. <laughs> I've only been here two years, coming up on two, but I already know some things about these people. And if you knew what I knew about these people, you wouldn't sit close to them and it wouldn't be because of COVID, it'd be because of their pasts. What I know about these people is that there are people in this church who got kicked out of schools. There are people in this church who have had multiple affairs. There are people in this church who have had more divorces than they can count on one hand. We have parenting failures. We have people who have spent time in prison. There is nothing on the internet that these people have not viewed. There is no substance that these people have not snorted, swallowed, sniffed up, or shot up. Some of them were full of bitterness and racism, but they have been changed, not because their willpower was great, but because God put his spirit inside of them and greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world. That's what happened to them. Is that God placed something in them and he can place something in you. He can put his spirit inside of you and his Holy Spirit is the name, the presence of Christ that is above every name, all the unholy spirits, and he has a power over them so that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You might feel like you're too messed up, your addictions are too strong, your mistakes are too severe. Guys, I wanna remind you, God breathed life into a dead body. He could do that for you if you'll simply, if you'll simply trust him. And so I wanna invite you to do that. Man, if you're joining in with us online, maybe you've been checking us out for four, five, six weeks, and you're just starting to realize that, man, like I, I need to cross the line of faith, and I've never done that before. Um, you might be in your living room or, or kitchen, on your porch or patio, wherever you are. It doesn't matter where you are. It matters what your heart and tongue confess. And so will you pray with me right now? Would you guys bow your heads? And if you need that name that is above every name, would you just pray, God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've put other things besides you first and I've gone my own way. But I also know that Jesus was crucified for my sins and that on the third day, he was raised from the dead. And I believe that he took the penalty for my sins. And so I receive the free gift of grace not according to anything I've done, but just as a free gift. Thank you, God, for making me a son or a daughter. And Lake Point Church, can we celebrate all the people who may have made that decision today? Let's do that right now. Yeah, man. Hey, I just wanna say this um, to you. If, uh, if maybe you're at home and you maybe cross that line of faith for the first time ever, I just wanna ask you to text the word LIFE to the number 20411. Text the word LIFE to the number 20411 because we as a church, we wanna walk alongside of you as you walk in obedience to be baptized as response to the decision that you just made. We can't wait to do that with you. We love you guys. Thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, Join us for our church online live weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. 
and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church/digital. Lake Point.